Hey everyone, thanks so much for allowing me to be together with you today. As we continue on in our series that we've entitled Foundations, I want to remind you we're talking about some foundational things, uh, some things that never change, and we think we thought it'd be terribly important to do that in a time when things are so uncertain and things seem to be changing every day. Uh, we've talked about the fact that Jesus is our Lord and Jesus is our Savior and the Holy Spirit is our helper. And today I want to remind us that our mission continues until Jesus returns, regardless of our circumstances. And we're in some very unusual circumstances right now. Not only do we need to deal with COVID-19, I mean, that's still a real problem in our culture, but now we're also dealing with the fallout that's come after the tragic and horrible death of George Floyd when he died at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer. And now there are nationwide protests and there some of those have turned violent and there's destruction of property and looting and oh my goodness, there's all sorts of anger and there's a lot of fear and worry about how do we deal with all this? And right in the middle of us of all this, God has placed you and me. And today I want to remind us that when we get into situations like this, God uses difficult circumstances oftentimes to open up doors for us to show people what the love of Jesus looks like. Jesus said we're supposed to be salt and light, and we're supposed to bring light to a dark world. And today, tomorrow, this week may be a marvelous opportunity for that. And so I want to talk with you today about our mission and how we carry it out, even in circumstances that may seem terribly unfavorable, because God may be using those circumstances for good and for his glory. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you that we can come to you, that your word is our guide in all matters of faith and practice. And right now, Lord, when we're dealing with COVID-19 and with nationwide protests following the death of George Floyd, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would break our hearts over the things that break your heart. Break our hearts over racism and needless, senseless violence. Lord, break our hearts over division and distrust and injustice. Break our hearts over looting and vandalism. And break our hearts over people who are dying alone in nursing homes and in hospitals uh, from COVID-19. And Lord, in the midst of all these circumstances, remind us to pray Remind us that you put us right here, right now. You knew that we would be here right now in 2020. And Lord, that you have placed us in exactly the position we need to be to be examples of your love and your grace and your forgiveness. We can be your hands and your feet, Lord, to stand up for righteousness, to stand against racism, to stand for the things that honor you. And so Lord, show us how to do that and show us how to tell others about Jesus. That's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. I pray, Lord, you bless our time together. Move me out of the way, Lord, and say whatever you want said to us. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, the first thing I'd like to remind us of is that Jesus gave us a mission to work on until he returns. Here's what he told his disciples right before he ascended into heaven. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this is terribly important for us to understand because Jesus didn't want his disciples just waiting around. He wanted them to be busy 
accomplishing the task that he had given them. And it's the same task that they've passed on to their disciples, who passed it on to their disciples, who passed it on to us. Now, if it intimidates you that we're to go out and make disciples around the world, and you're not sure, well, how am I going to know how to do that? How am I going to be able to do this? Well, I want to remind us what we talked about last week when we talked about the Holy Spirit, that Jesus promised to help us. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what he had promised. That's what he promised the original disciples, and that promise is still true for you and me. The Holy Spirit gives us the power. The Holy Spirit gives us the boldness. The Holy Spirit gives us the courage and the right words to say when we go out and talk to others about Jesus. It's also important to remind ourselves that Jesus won't return until our mission is complete. The disciples asked Jesus uh, after he told them he was going to go to heaven and prepare a place for them, and when everything was ready, he'd come back and get them. They asked him, well, when will that be? And he says, well, I'm not going to tell you the day or the hour. Nobody knows that. But he did say the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. In other words, when the mission is complete, when every single person who's ever going to trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has done so, that's when Jesus will return, and he knows when that will be. Now, Peter said, if that's the case, then we should be doing all we can to hurry that along, to hurry Jesus' return uh, back into this world, his second coming. In fact, in 2 Peter 3.11, he said, What holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Maybe you never thought about that before, but, but when you and I are agents of peace and introduce people to the peace that they can have through relationship with Jesus, and they come to Christ, Lord, that, that helps carry out the mission the Lord gave us. That hurries Jesus' return. I mean, it's a marvelous thought, isn't it? That Peter was saying, you can help hurry this along. Um, I remember when I came home from college one Christmas and my mom, after dinner, we'd had a discussion about how my classes were going and she wanted to hear more. And so as she was cleaning up in the kitchen, I was telling her, uh, she was asking me questions and I was explaining how the next semester was going to go and other things like this. And it was pretty funny because as I was talking, all of a sudden a dish rag or a dish towel hit me in the face. And uh, she goes, well, if you're going to stand there and talk, then you might as well be drying dishes. <laughs> if you knew my mom, that was perfectly on par uh, because she believed if you were in the kitchen and you were and you didn't have anything else to do, you could help her. She said, help me dry dishes and hurry this along. I think Peter would say the same thing to us. It's like Jesus is in your heart. There are lots of people who need to know him. In fact, in times when people are uncertain and people are afraid, they need to know that Jesus is the good shepherd. They need to know that Jesus loves them and he forgives them and he'll help them and give them peace that they can't find in anything else. Don't just stand there, get involved. And if you're wondering, well, how would I do that? Well, Peter said, first of all, what holy godly lives you should live. That was in 2 Peter 3. And in 1 first, in Peter 3, he said, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reasons for the hope that you have. Peter said, look, Live godly lives and always be ready to give an answer for the hope you have. And he said, do so with gentleness and respect. So Jesus gave us a mission to work on, and he's not going to return until it's finished. And the way you and I can hurry that along is by 
living godly lives, shining out brightly in dark times, and being ready to share a reason for the hope we have. Now, secondly, I want to remind us, not only did he give us this mission, but our mission continues regardless of the circumstances. In 2 Timothy 4, Paul said, Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct and rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll follow their own desires and they'll look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They'll reject the truth and chase after myths, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. Paul told Timothy, hey, don't think it's strange when you carry out your mission that you face problems. You should expect that. And you carry out your ministry whether times are favorable or not. Because there's going to come times when things turn rough and it's not always going to be popular. But in just those times, there are always people who need to hear the good news. In Matthew 10, Jesus told his disciples, Stay alert. This is hazardous work I'm giving you. You're going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. And so he told them, I need you to be as shrewd as serpents and as gentle as doves. You're going to have to be careful and prayerful. But understand, I've put you here. Because some people are going to be angry to you and mistreat you. But that doesn't mean that you're not to be a witness for me. Our mission continues regardless of the circumstances. We should expect problems and we should expect difficult circumstances, but we should also expect that those problems and difficult circumstances will open doors we've never seen before. Open new doors for ministry that we never anticipated. A little more from Matthew 10. Jesus told the disciples, don't be upset when they haul you before civil authorities without knowing it. They've done you a favor. They've given you a platform for preaching the gospel, the kingdom news. And don't worry about what you'll say or how you'll say it. The right words will be there. The spirit of your heavenly father will supply the words. And Jesus said, you know, when you get dragged in front of people and you get into certain circumstances that you never anticipated being in, realize people are doing you a favor. That's when you can tell them about me. I experienced early on in ministry um, this understanding that God opens doors through difficult circumstances. In my very first ministry assignment, I was working with Young Life, a ministry to high school kids, an outreach ministry to high school kids. And there was a high school I was assigned to, Memorial High in Houston, Texas. And I wanted to be able to get on the campus and eat lunch with students that were there that I knew and get to know other students, maybe go to some practices, other things like this, but the principal of the school was going, yeah, I don't know how I feel about somebody in a ministry coming on the campus. Uh, you'll have to let me think about that. And so I did, and I said, well, if there's anything I can ever do for you, just let me know. Well, a couple of months later, uh, something difficult, a difficult circumstance happened. I was attending a basketball game. Debbie and I were attending a basketball game there at the school, and Memorial High was uh, playing against an arch rival, and the game was really close. And toward the end of the game, the other team took a, a lead with just a few seconds left and it became very clear that Memorial was going to lose. And, uh, and so the other team started jeering and chanting and yelling all kinds of obscenities at the Memorial kids. And the Memorial kids did the same things back. And the whole place turned into a powder keg. Um, they were such rivals that the football teams from both schools were sitting on the 
first few rows on either side of the court. And as the jeering got louder and louder and got more heated, uh, both teams emptied out into the parking lot and they were going to go settle it in a fight. Well, the principal saw it and I saw it and the principal saw me and he grabbed me and said, you said you would help me if I needed help. I need some help. And so he grabbed me and we were running out to the parking lot together. And he said, you stay with me. We're going to keep those two football teams apart. I've asked somebody to call the police, but they aren't going to get here for a few minutes. And we need to keep these teams separated. So we're just going to break up fights wherever you see them. So me and this principal ran between these dozens of kids from both high schools on the football team. And we were just breaking up fights because each team, the, uh, the players were coming at each other. Uh, seeing who would throw the first punch. And I was right in the middle of all of this. And my heart was racing and I was really afraid. <laughs> and so amazingly, we were able to keep everybody separated until the police came and, every, and they sorted it all out. Everybody left in peace. But uh, the principal came up to me afterward. He said, I want to thank you for standing with me. He goes, you can get access to the campus now. I believe you really do have the best interest of this school in mind. Oh, God opened a door for ministry, but it was a scary door. And that's the way it is sometimes. When we go through difficult circumstances, God will open up a door for ministry that we've never seen before. In Minneapolis, for instance, last Sunday, after there'd been a lot of demonstrations late Saturday night, and some of them turned violent, there was broken glass and all sorts of rubble and trash all over the streets and the sidewalks. It wasn't even safe to walk there. And do you know there were a number of churches in Minneapolis that organized cleanup teams? They told their members to go bring brooms and buckets and trash cans and wear work gloves and to come and clean up broken glass so that people could walk on the sidewalk. Some people brought pressure washers and power washed away the graffiti. There were other churches in Minneapolis because some grocery stores were heavily damaged or destroyed or looted. They set up uh, portable food pantries to distribute food in neighborhoods where there's no local food supply now. There are still other Christians that are working now to establish funds to help businesses rebuild. Local businesses where people lost everything. And they're starting up GoFundMe accounts uh, to help them get back on their feet. Well, these are the type of ideas we're talking about where God can open doors for ministry. And then they'll have a reason. When people ask them, hey, why are you doing this? They can share the reason for the hope that they have. When Paul was in jail in Philippi, because he was a Christian, here's what he wrote. When he was writing a letter from Rome, excuse me, he was in jail in Rome, and he was writing a letter to the people in Philippi from jail. Here's what he wrote. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the good news of the gospel without fear. Paul said because he'd been arrested and jailed in Rome, he was able to share the gospel with all the guards in the palace prison. That's where he was kept. And apparently these guards were chained to him or they were locked in the same room with him for a while while he was in chains. And every time a new guard would come in, he'd share the gospel with them. And so as they went through the whole rotation, he said, the whole palace guard has gotten to hear about Jesus. Isn't it great that I was in prison? <laughs> he also said, and by the way, all these Christians here in Rome, they've been emboldened to go and preach. If I can't preach, then they're going to have to do it. And they've stepped up. It's been great. 
What if you and I thought that way? What if we realized, hey, God has a mission for us to accomplish. He's not coming back till we get it done. We can hurry it along when we make disciples and share our faith. And what if we said, you know, even in adverse situations, it might open new doors we've never considered before. Give us new opportunities to serve and give and love and tell people about Jesus. Well, that's the final point I'd like to make. So one final point I'd like to make today is this, is that if that's the case, then you and I need to pray about our mission every single day. And we need to ask God, first of all, to send more people to be with us. Jesus told that his disciples in Luke 10, he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his harvest fields because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And Jesus said, we ought to pray about that every day. Lord, you've got a mission for us to do. We've got a limited time to do it. Would you touch the hearts of people to come join us? Oh, he wants us to pray about that every day. And maybe today, even as you're listening to this, you feel your heart pounding in. You feel like, I need to get more involved. I want to volunteer. If God's speaking to you about that, please contact us. We'd love to brainstorm with you and tell you about opportunities we have where you could be involved in ministry right away. Secondly, we need to ask God for opportunities and creativity. I mean, somebody in Minneapolis said, hey, you know, I bet we could go clean up. I bet that would be valuable. What if you and I prayed like that? In the middle of COVID-19, what if there are neighbors who need help? They just need somebody to check on them. I haven't talked to them lately. What if we went and did that? Or what if during a lot of tension now, following the demonstrations and things, demonstrations that are going on all across the country, what if God gives us opportunities to pray with neighbors, to pray with people from other races, to dialogue in meaningful ways that we've never had before? I mean, what if we made the most of those? In Colossians 4, the Apostle Paul said, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so we might proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains and pray that I'll proclaim it clearly as I should. And Paul said, would you pray for creative opportunities for me? Would you pray that God would open doors? I want you to hear from Lisa Tucker. She and her girls uh, clearly understood that God was opening a door for them during this pandemic. And uh, it's a really neat story because God used them uh, to spread cheer and love and hope, scripture verses, prayers uh, to people all around the world because he opened the door for them to make masks for people to wear. Listen to their story. Hi, my name is Lisa Tucker, um, and God recently opened up the door for me to start making masks uh, during the quarantine. I guess it was about mid-March, all of this started happening. There was a lady in our, in our neighborhood who actually posted on our neighborhood page, if anyone had any elastic or other materials that you needed to make the mask. She was going to attempt to start making some. And so I thought, well, let me go look and see what I have. And I had everything. I had everything that we needed to get started, to start making them. So I got the girls and I said, let's try. Let's, let's see if we can make them. This is one of the masks that we made. The girls and I got a YouTube video and watched it and um, they would pin the elastic in and then we would stitch it and one would flip and one would 
cut the corners and I mean we had a little it was like an assembly line and so that's how we would do it. Girls y'all you want to put it on and show them they're real real easy real simple just the elastic around um, the ear. We set up a Facebook group and as ladies wanted to help we would put them in the group and so as people would contact us and say hey can we get 25 for this hospital or 30 for this location um, we could pop them on there and we would have one lady that said I would do I'll do 10 I can do 15 I can do 12. The ladies that were working on this were relentless some of them worked all night some ladies that said I don't know how to sew but I'll be happy to cut and so they would cut them. We had other ladies that would ship them for us. And it was just one of those things where you really did just feel like God was trying to just orchestrate everything. A place in Selma, some of their residents actually wrote us sweet little letters and one of them actually drew a picture and sent it to us and actually sent some to Shelby Baptist. And one of the nurses there sent a picture. And it's, it's something that is just gut-wrenching when you see them in their full PPE. And I mean, she had everything, like the whole set on, but that she had our mask underneath there. There's nothing like that to know that you did something. It gives you the energy just to keep going. How many more can we do? Who else can we, can we send these? We had some going to New York. We've sent some to troops overseas. It's just been such a God thing. If you had told me that when I was making ruffle pants for my girls when they were little, that that would turn in to make a mask for people all over, I would have said, there's no way. It's unreal, but I mean, that's how God works. We need to be able to recognize it when He opens those doors. And I do feel like in the future, I'll be, I'll be much more apt to go, oh, I know what this is. Here's one of the masks that Lisa and her girls made. It's pretty neat looking. Well, not exactly my style, but it's still pretty neat looking. It's got some elastic ear hooks on it, and it's really well made. And I love knowing that God opened doors for them all over the place. And they were willing to walk through it, and they're going to be more ready next time. What if you and I prayed about that every day, asking God for opportunities and creativity? What if you and I prayed for courage and boldness and right words? That's another thing we could pray for. I read just a minute ago, Paul said, hey, pray that I might proclaim the gospel clearly as I should. That was in Colossians 4. And in Ephesians 6, he said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words might be given me so that I'll fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Fearlessly. And I pray that all the time. I want you to know that whenever I get a chance to stand in front of a camera or in front of an audience, I'm always praying, God, would you help me speak clearly? Would you speak and move me out of the way? In Acts 4, after Peter and John had been arrested uh, because Jesus, the power of God had been upon them, and in the name of Jesus, they had healed a lame man who had never walked. Uh, when that happened, they were arrested because they gave glory to Jesus. And the same people who crucified the, Jesus didn't want them out telling people they did a miracle in Jesus' name. So they were arrested and they were threatened, and eventually they were let go. And when they got back to the other believers, they had a prayer meeting. And here's what they prayed for. They said, Lord, consider the threats that we've received and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your Holy Spirit, Jesus. And then after they prayed, the place where they, their 
they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. What if you and I prayed for that every day? Lord, let us speak boldly for you today. We want to not only be ready to give a reason for the hope we have, we want to say it confidently. And so give us boldness. Mm, what a great scripture. We also need to pray for protection. Paul wrote, 2 Thessalonians 3, Pray too that we'll be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone's a believer, but the Lord is faithful. He'll strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. We will face opposition. And we need to pray that God will protect us, that while we're being bold, he'll protect us from people who don't want the gospel to advance. And the devil will be in busy tempting people to stop that too. And we need to know that. And so an important thing we need to pray for is to pray not only for the right words and the right opportunities, but for protection as we go out. And every time that you have a chance to give glory to God in a situation, pray that God will protect you as you go. He'll watch over you and protect your family and give you courage and strength. And finally, we need to pray for wisdom. We need to ask God to make us wise. Which opportunities are for us right now? Which are for later? Where, where can we uh, find resources? Who can we ask to help us? And how can we teach them and train them? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. In days when there's so much turmoil in our culture, knowing when to speak and when to listen, knowing when to get involved and how to do that requires a great deal of wisdom. And we need to pray about that. So today, I want us to pray about the things I've mentioned. I want us to pray that God renew a commitment in our hearts to be ambassadors for him all day, every day, regardless of our circumstances. The, I want to ask God to help us by giving us courage and boldness and protection and by sending other workers who will join us. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you have given us a mission to complete in this world and you allow us to be your ambassadors. Lord, when we introduce people to Jesus and they follow him, when we make disciples, Heavenly Father, we are changing the population of heaven and hell. And Heavenly Father, that's an eternal significantly, that's as significant eternally. And God, we're grateful that we can participate in this great work. Oh God, we pray that you will give us boldness and you'll give us the right words so we can explain the gospel clearly as we should. We pray that you'll protect us as we go from wicked and evil people and that you will strengthen us and guard us, protecting us from the evil one. We pray that you will give us wisdom to know which tasks we need to achieve today, where we can find the resources we need, and how to manage our time well so we can get things done. We pray that you will send workers who will join us gladly, willingly, and that you'll give us many opportunities and creativity with lots of creativity. Lord, I thank you for Lisa. Tucker and her daughters and all the people who helped her making these masks. Lord, I thank you that they were able to pray for people. They were able to send out scripture verses. They were able to let your glory shine through their service and their skill. I thank you for the 
churches in Minneapolis cleaning up after uh, other people gave created so much damage. I thank you for the Apostle Paul sharing the gospel while he was in chains with every single guard that was chained to him. And Father, I pray that you will open my eyes to opportunities this week. Neighbors on my street, people who work next to me, maybe somebody I've never even met before. Lord, that I will be a powerful witness for you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Lord, that even in circumstances that are unsettling and confusing, Lord, you put us here. You knew we were going to be around here at this time. In fact, you have strategically located us exactly where we are so we can be your hands and your feet. Help us to do so faithfully, courageously, and empower us to share the good news of Christ and shine our light wherever we go. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.